do I love you enough to put my lips on you and enjoy this cup of coffee? Hi, everybody. So thank you again for joining us for our second installment of Type A for Anxious. So this is a podcast where me and my best friend, or should I say where my best friend and I, excuse me, <laughs> uh, we talk about <laughs> we talk about anxiety and we talk about our own personal struggles, but then we also try to do some research and we focus on one topic per episode. So thank you so much for joining us. We are not healthcare professionals. We are just experiencing professionals of life, (laughs) of anxiety. (laughs) We're professionals at experiencing life as everyone else is. So um, I'm Dorothy England, and I'm here with my lovely co-host. Josephine Savage. Josie, also known as. You know, we both have such good names. Have you ever noticed that? We do. Yeah. I think especially now that I'm a savage, because mm-hmm. I that was not my maiden name for anyone who doesn't know. And I mean, I loved my other name, but now I've noticed that when I say my last name is Savage, people either are like, oh no, really, what is it? Or they're like, that's a cool name. <laughs> Josie, I've been getting so. that all my life with the last name England. People yeah, are like... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you, you always had a good last name. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are we talking about today, Josie? So today we are going to talk about spring and spring cleaning and our minds being in the clutter, so to speak, because spring is such an exciting time, but it also brings up that thought of it's time to spring clean. So what does that mean for us anxious people and people who are experiencing any kind of emotions around that time. So we're going to talk about that. But before we talk about that, Dorothy, how has your week been? Oh my God. It's so funny. So we're recording on a Thursday, which means that the work week is more than halfway over. And (laughs) is this bad? I can't remember my week. (laughs) No, I get like that all the time. I feel like, cause I feel like we're so cautious to be like, we need research on our topic, but then it's like, I also need to take notes on what I did throughout the week. I have been running and I don't know why I've been running. I think it's cause my husband tells me I should, and I want him to be proud of me. So I've been running. <laughs> like I've been biking because woo! my husband tells me that we, we should, mm-hmm. because it's nice out and we love to bike. And I'm like, oh yeah, we do. We do love to bike. I have to remind myself that. So the first time I went running was actually over the past weekend and I sat on the ground and I cried and it was not pretty. (laughs) Why did you cry? It was hard. It was like my cat, like I moved at the same speed that Marley, my cat needs, you know, just like very. (laughs) I can picture. So your feet are stuck in mud. Basically. I mean, it's spring. (laughs) But yeah, I don't, I don't know why I'm running. <laughs> That's good. I mean, it's it's helpful. I mean, running I, is good for physical and mental health. So yeah, that's true. I'm great. That's angry. a great thing. I'm less angry at Paul after I'm done running. Yeah, because you so feel good it, about it. Yeah, that's how I feel when Todd makes me go for a hike. I'm really mad when I have to wake up in the morning, but then after I'm like, I guess you're all right. I guess this was okay. <laughs> it was good for me. <laughs> and you're eating chocolate, being like, I deserve this. Yes. Everything's yeah. good. <laughs> or I'm. Um, Or I say, okay, we just hiked seven miles. I deserve to go to McDonald's or Wendy's for a spicy chicken. Hell yeah. (laughs) What about you? How was your week? It's been good. It's been really busy with work. I'm having one of those weeks, and I don't know if you get this, where you sleep bad, but it's not because you're not going to bed early or trying to sleep or not trying to sleep it's because you have so much on your mind that you just can't sleep. Like I'm even dreaming about stuff that I have to do the next day. It's just been one of those busy weeks. So it's just been kind of trying to stay afloat, but it's good. It keeps me going, but yeah, not too much. Just hard at work and dreaming about work. So you're wired and tired. (laughs) Wired. Exactly. (laughs) I worked hard all week. Now I'm ready to play hard because this is my Friday. Woo. I mean, you've got your gin and tonic or vodka soda or whatever. A vodka soda, yes. Well, should we dive in? Yeah. Do you want to start us off with what you have? 
Yeah. Um, I think first of all, cause in my research, <clears throat> I just like, I read a lot about just people who are dealing with um, really traumatic, like they're the way that they are processing traumatic experiences sometimes either is by having clutter or by not having any clutter and just being really clean. And so just before we even dive in, I just want to make sure that everybody knows that we are not judging anybody, you know, based on your lived experience and based on whatever you're dealing with, however, you know, you're processing that. Um, we just, we're just trying to open the dialogue. So I just want to make sure that everybody knows that, you know, if you hear something and you're offended, let us know. We want to become better people. And, you know, and our intention is not to offend, but I don't know. You know, sometimes you say something thinking it's fine, but you don't know how it's going to fall in ears. So we're just really just trying to open up that dialogue. That's the main purpose here. Yeah, that's a good point. Thanks for saying that, because I was thinking that people handle clutter or cleaning, whether they clean too much or don't clean at all, like depending on how they're feeling, people handle that differently. And there's no judgment whether or not or no matter how you process that. So we're just going to talk about our own experiences and things we've heard to kind of help you process it um, if you're trying to do it differently. Definitely. All right. So let me get into my notes. The first one, because I'm punny, uh, the first topic I wanted to, (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm funny. Um, You are punny. So the first one that I found that I thought was really interesting, um, they were talking about the correlation between having active clutter around you and snacking. And I like to snack. I often have active clutter around me. So uh, I was excited to read this. So back in 2016, which, oh my God, was five years ago, (laughs) uh, there was a study done at Cornell, or excuse me, Cornell University, and they had 101 female students who were split into two groups. And so in those two groups, there was one group who was put in the situation where there was a clean kitchen and they had to write about it just like a time in their life that they weren't stressed out. So just like, you know, they could be like, I went for a walk or I read this book, just just writing about a non-stressful time in their life. So again, they're in a clean kitchen, just writing about whatever, as long as it's not something stressful. And then in the second situation, those female students were in a messy kitchen and they were told to write about a stressful situation. And so, oh, I had a joke. I forgot to, oh, no, wait, I'm coming up to it. <laughs> this is why I want oh to share. God, <laughs> Hold on, everybody. She has a planned joke. I have a poor, poor Paul. I was like, is this funny? And he was like, well, you're saying it kind of intense. So I don't know if it's funny. (laughs) Oh my God. I can't wait to hear this. We may have to cut this out. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) So basically what happened was the group of students or study participants who are in the messy kitchen writing about a stressful situation, they ate three times as many cookies as their counterparts. That's the joke. Cause you know, kitchen counters counter you know what that is such a funny joke well I think but you ruined it by telling me it was coming (laughs) I even have Josie like you were like oh wait a joke oh no it's not here yet I highlighted I highlighted it and I even put in parentheses pause for laughter oh my we're new with this a girls type a you know this is our second episode yeah (laughs) So okay, anyways. so everybody pause for laughter. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. All right. So anyways, so I just was, I was really surprised to read that because they also had other snacks. They had like crackers and I think vegetables, but those weren't in, a, in any effect. So it was just like sugary treats, you know, like the cookies, like the bags. Okay, so both groups had fully stocked kitchens. Yes. Both groups had fully stocked kitchens. One was clean and one was like full of dishes or something. It was just a clutter, a clutter stuff. It was just messed up. And then the, the ones that were in the dirty kitchen just ate more. Yeah. And so, I don't know. I thought that was interesting because 
I know that I sometimes snack without thinking about it. And I was trying to, when I read this, I was trying to think about myself and like, I'm usually, you know, I work from home. And so I have my little remote office and it's pretty cluttered because it's also, it's like this random room in our apartment that we don't use for anything except for storage in my office. And so I kick off my shoes when I come in and I put them in there or I put I my know purse that in. room. I know that room. I can picture it. <laughs> and then I also like, if I'm done with a sticky note, I should just get up and recycle it, but I throw it on the floor over the weekend. I recycle it and pick stuff up, but I just, I am so good. We've talked about this before. Like we went away from my bachelorette and I spread all of my stuff in every single room. No, we're not even at like the Airbnb for 15 minutes and you can see a trail of where Dorothy has been because I I don't know how it is. It's like, you're not even, it's not like you're undressing, just you have your bag and it's like you start taking out piece by piece to leave a breadcrumb trail. The Dorothy droppings. Yes. And then the whole weekend we're like, Oh, whose is this? Oh, it's Dorothy's. Whose is this? Oh, it's Dorothy's. So funny. So yeah, I tend to keep all of my stuff in. It's not an organized pile, but it's a pile that I can dig through. I choose a corner. That's where all my stuff is. It might not be organized, but it's all in that corner. Yeah. Nope. Pretty much every <laughs> room in our apartment has something of mine in it, except for Paul's little like man cave. All right. So if we've got any ladies listening, and this is of course, you know, assuming that you're in a heterosexual relationship, basically just give your man a little man cave room and then you get the big living room. I've done this twice now in both apartments that we've lived in. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can have the extra small bedroom. I get the living room and I get to spread my stuff everywhere. (laughs) That is a good tip. I'm thinking about in my case, Mm. Todd doesn't have a man cave at all. And I think I have every room. (laughs) I also, here's another tip. Make your partner miss you. I sometimes will deliberately not, oh God, now he's going to hear and he's going to know my secrets. But anyway, sometimes I will, I will miss Paul, but I'm like, I want to make him miss me. So I will spend some extra time away and wait for him to come to me. (laughs) All right. We're on it. Yeah, we're way off. So keep basically, I just want to make sure I got my joke in there. And I also want to be part of, if anybody knows a study where they're going to give me cookies, please sign me up. Yes. I like that too. And I would say I couldn't see the correlation. I'm thinking about my fridge. Okay. And I would say my fridge is one of the things in my house that needs to be spring cleaned because I don't do that very often. Like I hardly take everything out, wipe it down, put things in and assess how long it's been since I used this jelly or something like that. (laughs) But I'm thinking about when my fridge is cluttered and I go in and I think it does make me snack more. Oh, that's so interesting. I, I really think it does because- the very few times where I have a empty fridge, mm-hmm. I go in it less. Maybe it's because I know it's kind of empty, but I think it's also because when it's full of stuff, there's more to look at. Mm-hmm. So even though I know what's in there, I'm saying to myself, let's open it and just see, maybe it's changed. You know, I don't know. Maybe it's, it's full it's of changed. stuff. It's like a gold mine, you know, it's full of things. So yeah. I go in the like maybe I'll find something I didn't see 30 minutes ago and I end up pulling out random crap and snacking like a pickle or whatever. You know what else I wonder too is if, cause a lot of times snacking, I mean, unless you're really healthy or really disciplined, you're not snacking on cucumbers and carrots. You're snacking on something that like a cookie or, or maybe it's crackers or chips foods. Yeah. And it's usually something that will leave a mess, like leave crumbles. So maybe if things are messy around you, you feel less guilty. Like you're like, Oh, I'll just brush off the, you know, the dirt or the crumbles or whatever. It's an interesting (laughs) thought. Uh, So, okay. So I'm curious because we are talking about spring cleaning and it is the season for that and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Do you spring clean? Are you somebody that's saying to yourself, it's the end of March, it's April, it's time to spring clean. I probably would not do it to the same extent if I did not have Paul, because Paul, bless his heart, is the kind of person who will clean out the cupboards, clean the refrigerator, 
like sweep under the refrigerator. He is very organized. He is very conscious of a clean place, which I love. I am one of those very lucky people who has a husband. And again, you know, because we're, we're both straight women, so we're speaking from our own experience, but we are both allies. Like we both are very open to whatever your relationship status is or your orientation is. But I'm one of those lucky partners who my husband, (laughs) he will be like, I'm going to clean. Like I'm going to spend my Saturday cleaning for three hours. And oh, like I want to get, I forget. It's like a vacuum cleaner, but it has water in it. And instead of, you know, vacuuming things up. shampooer. Yeah. He will think of things that I don't even know need to be cleaned. I kid you not. He will like organize the bookshelf and dust between the books. What kind of human... Wow. And I ended up with him. I don't know what he saw in me because I'm not a very clean person. I'm not a slob. Like I'm not going to leave dips all over the bed or, you know what I mean? Like, or like, I don't want to be gross, but I am pretty messy. (laughs) Organized chaos, right? (laughs) I, yeah. I mean, I consider myself a decently clean person, but okay. I think we need to, this wasn't on my topic list, but now that you're saying that, I think we need to mention it. I think there's a couple kinds of cleaning. There's getting rid of clutter, people that get rid of clutter and whatnot, Mm -hmm. focus on that. But then I also think there's people like Paul who focus more on dust and germs and cleanliness that are the people Mm -hmm. that are going to Windex every window and have a duster go in between every crook and cranny, you know? So I, not that I don't wash things off, I do, but I'm not the kind of cleaner that thinks to, put a duster up in the corners of the ceiling. And the other day, Todd took out the shower vent and wiped out the shower vent. And I'm like, what? I've never done that in my life. I don't <laughs> think to do that, but I will do normal cleaning, right? Like vacuuming dishes, all that. I think to do that. And I am more focused on getting rid of clutter. And right. then he's the kind of cleaner that's more focused on what are the tiny details that need to be cleaned that we never touch. Yeah. That's so interesting that both of our husbands are like that. I know. And it's <laughs> not that, like you said, it's not that I'm a slob, right? I clean up after myself, but I guess I don't think to do those things either. Right. I don't think to take a picture off a shelf and dust behind it or something so like that. This kind of brings me into another topic that I was interested in about excessive cleaning and I don't know if Paul is like to the to the same level as like some of these situations that I was reading about, but I was reading, there's this Healthline article and it's talking about people who struggle with OCD and in relation to cleanliness. And so what was it? There was this really qu- interesting quote I liked. It said, OCD then is much more than a desire to work or live in a clean environment or a preference for neatness. It involves a sometimes debilitating and distressing need to clean and reclean specific areas or items. <clears throat> and I thought that was so interesting because I think yeah. like you often go into someone's home. I mean, I know for us, like we clean when people are going to come over, but Sometimes there have been homes I've been in before where it feels like you can't touch anything. You can't sit on anything. It feels like there's a certain level of order and you're kind of intruding. And I wonder. It's it's not livable. It's almost so clean. You feel that it's not good to be in it. Right. Like you don't want to mess it up. And I don't think that's so much. I mean, now, now like being an adult and like what I know about, you know, how mental illness can affect a person, it makes me reflect and think like, what, what is the person who owns that home, who cleans that home to that level? What are they experiencing? You know, like what is their reason for that? And I was saying that sometimes people with OCD can associate germs or, dirtiness with something that's evil. And so they feel like by cleaning, they're eradicating some sort of evil. And a lot of times people who have OCD, not that this is like a direct link, but 
sometimes people who have OCD have also experienced some sort of trauma and, you know, earlier in their life. And so the way that they cope with that trauma is by cleaning, like maybe something really awful, really evil happened to them. And so they are now translating this mm. into excessive cleaning, which is just yeah, so that, sad. You that's know? an interesting like side of the spectrum, because mm-hmm. I think that also people who've experienced trauma might go on the opposite end and maybe hoard things as a way of control and keeping things, you know, maybe within their reach. Right. Um, So I think it's interesting that people respond to trauma so differently or, you know, people who are anxious about something or stressed or, you know, whatever they're feeling, it might turn them to one or the other. It might turn them into holding on to more things, or it might turn them into getting rid of more things or excessively cleaning. That's interesting. Yeah, that's a a really good point. And And I think um, it's a spectrum too. I think because I've met people, I've had personal experience with not so much what you're talking about with excessive cleaning, but with hoarding, I've had personal experiences. I've had people in my life that are, um, I would say classified, I guess, as hoarders, but they're all different. They don't all hoard the same things. Okay. So they all still have their own unique experience with it. So I think Mm -hmm. there's just everybody's situation is so unique. Definitely. And again, just, we want to reiterate, like if you're hearing something and it's triggering something, Mm -hmm. make sure that you reach out to a healthcare professional, you know, and, or reach out to your doctor or, you know, just get the help that you need because there's no shame in getting help, you know? Of course. Yeah. I get help every week. (laughs) (laughs) I get help every day with my Lexapro. (laughs) I, you know, I get help every day with my Lexapro and I have a counselor, so I get multiple helps. So I feel very open. And of course, if you wanted to ever share with us, we're open to just listen. We can't give any medical advice, but we're just here as an ear. Sometimes people just want to get things off their chest, right? I love that. We're ears. (laughs) We're ears. Yeah, we're not, we can't really help. We're ears. (laughs) Talking about clutter because it is spring cleaning time. And I think everybody has clutter to some degree, pretty much. Yeah. I pulled up some studies about the connection between clutter and the mind. And because spring cleaning, everyone's kind of opening windows and getting fresh and whatnot. I thought this would be interesting. So I found a couple stats that I thought might be worth mentioning. So it was um, a Penn medicine study done in April of last year. So I guess one thing to think about is it was a weird COVID the beginning of COVID. So I don't know how that would have affected the study, but just keep in the back of your mind. They showed that the average American owns 30 outfits versus in the 1930s, the average was nine outfits. So I thought that was interesting that, I don't know, why do we own (laughs) so much more since the 1930s? So I thought that was interesting. And then Also correlated was that three out of four garages, and again, this was average Americans, three out of four people's garages are so full that you can't fit a car into it. Oh my God. And mine is one of the, right now I can fit a car into it because we kind of fixed it for the winter, but usually in the summer, that is mine. You can't even park in there, but that's what the garage is for. So it's just interesting that 75%, I guess- of the garages are too filled to fit a car. Wow. So we're talking about clutter, right? So it's just, these are things that people yeah. have. And then there were four things the article said that clutter leads to stress with. So the first one is that clutter is a visual reminder that you have to clean. So people who might be susceptible to anxiety and depression, whatnot, all the clutter that you end up having around you might be subconsciously making you feel more stressed because you're looking at it thinking I should be cleaning. I should be cleaning, but then you feel stressed. So you don't clean. And then the second one was it makes it difficult to relax in your own space. And then you might be embarrassed if company comes over unexpectedly, which causes more anxiety or stress. And then it might even waste time because you lose things more often. So it was mostly about clutter, really. 
And those are the reasons that it causes trauma sort of to people who are already susceptible. Wow. That's a lot. That's really astounding too, just to like hear those statistics. And I mean, but I'm those people, like I have, I would say I have 30 outfits in my closet. Yeah, I definitely do. Thinking about what, when I put them together. Yeah, I definitely have 30 outfits and I didn't say if it was like seasonal or whatever. Cause the thing is when you live in New Hampshire, that's where we are, then you have all four seasons. So maybe right. that's different, but I don't know how that correlates. But also I'm one of those people that my garage most of the year, I can't fit my car into because I have so many things. I store so many things. So we have an attic and we have so much junk up there. And I remember there was this uh, documentary. I think it was a, it was either a documentary or it was a series um, on Netflix And I forget the name of it now, but it basically there is this one part where this person was talking about how they put all of their items, all of their belongings into boxes. And then they would only whenever they needed that item, they would open the box and take that one item out. And then I think it was like at the end of a month or maybe even maybe at the end of three months, whatever they had not taken out of those boxes, they got rid of. And I thought that was so interesting. That is so cool. And That goes along with something that I was going to share as a tip. Yeah. Okay. Hear me out. It's kind of like that, but it's only for clothes, I guess. Okay. So if you're somebody who hangs clothes in a closet, I do both. I have stuff in the dresser and the closet, but I do have most of it in the closet. So if you're one of those people, there was a study that suggested to help get rid of things that you don't use, like kind of help you declutter to de-stress, you turn all of your hangers around. So you know how usually you'd have your hanger in so that you just like pull it right out. You turn it backwards. So you turn all of them backwards and you keep them like that for six months to a year. And once you wear something, you go and when you go to put it back, you put it the right way. So then anything that's left backwards after six months or, or so on, you don't use. Well, that brings me up. So that's, that is amazing. I'm going to, you know, let's challenge each other to do that. I'm going to try it. Let's do it. The only thing, uh, the only thing we have to consider is, you know, cause it's COVID and things are a little bit different working from home, uh, work, yeah. work clothes might not be used as much, but other things, you know what I mean? If you have just a regular t-shirt that you didn't wear in a, six months, why right. hold on to it? Right. So I think we can still do it. We just have to use, you know, common sense. Hey, I haven't worn this because it's a suit or something, you know? So that's such a good point. Cause I feel like. <laughs> I have so many cute outfits and most of them I actually have never worn in public because of COVID and they're just sitting and it's, it's so funny in a way. It's also kind of sad. I would look so cute, but I'm just normally in pajamas. (laughs) Even when, so I do two days at home and two days in the office, Mm -hmm. but even when I go in the office, I don't wear the work clothes I used to because we don't see people anymore. I'm just in in an office by myself. It's very COVID safe. So I don't wear those cute things I used to have. And sometimes I miss it. Although I will say my stress in the morning has went down. Well, the the grass is always greener. You know, we're always going to want what we, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. But well, so that brings me up to a question for you. So I guess, you know, besides clothes, is there anything else that you feel like you have too much of like any particular item? And why do you think you hold on to that? Hmm. Well, surprise, surprise. You know that my first one is going to be books because I have too many books, but we've talked about that enough and they're all hidden hidden behind pillows. (laughs) Right. But we've talked about that enough. So I'm trying to think of other things that I have too much of. Sometimes it's candles because I love candles and I always get gifted them. Mm. But at the same time, I hold on to them because it takes a while to burn through. So I don't think that's a good one either. So hold on. Let me think. I know I've got some good things. Do you want me to share mine while you think about it? Yes. Share yours first. So I have two things besides clothes, which I feel like a lot of people can identify with having too many clothes. Most of mine are clothes, I'd say, like shoes and stuff. Okay. Yeah. And so I have way too many mugs. I have so many mugs. I do too. Okay. That's a good one. I have so many mugs. And I'm just like, why do I I use them all? I don't. (laughs) Oh, okay. I use them all. But do you use them all because you feel like you should? Or do you actually? Okay. I use them all because all the mugs I have, I like. So 
I use one and then I put it in the dishwasher and I let it, that one sit in there. And then I pull another one and I use another one, even though I could probably just use that other one over and over, you know, right. I just pull another one. Cause I like my mugs. Well, don't get rid of the elephant one I gave you, but I mean, the rest of them, I don't really care. Uh, about. No, of course. I still have my <laughs> elephant. I use it for my tea all the time. But I, I have random mugs. Like I remember when someone gave me a graduation mug and then I have a mug from like an old job, you know, like I just actually for my current job, I have a mug too. And there are definitely some mugs that I like more than others, but sometimes I'm just like, why right now I'm drinking out of, I mean, it's a reusable solo cup, red solo cup, but I don't use mugs as often as I should for the amount that I have. So maybe you need to go Marie, what's her name? Marie Kondo on your mugs. And you need to look at each one and say, does it bring me joy? And if it doesn't, you get rid of it. Yeah, that's true. Like maybe I do need to just get rid of the mugs that I don't use. Like maybe, maybe it's like I should turn them upside down. And if I don't use it and they're still upside down, you know, kind of like, you know, translating the clothes idea. Yeah. Or just look at them and say, do I have a connection with this mug? Is this mug important to me? And if it's I'm not like, important to you, why hold on to it, right? I'm like picturing myself tomorrow morning being like looking at the mug, being like, do I love you enough? Yeah. Do I love <laughs> you enough to put my lips on you and enjoy this cup of coffee? <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't, if you're like, no, this doesn't bring me joy, then why have it? Give it to goodwill. Somebody will enjoy it. Yeah. And something else that I have too much of is exercise equipment. I have so much. We have so really? much exercise. Really? What kind? Equipment. Share the well. I okay. want some exercise. <laughs> so <laughs> I have three different kettle, kettle, excuse me, three different kettlebell mm-hmm. sizes. Okay. That's useful. Um, I have a yoga mat. I have yoga blocks. And then I have like those, like, I forget what they're called, but basically it's like stretchy plastic that you can use, pull and get stronger. I don't know. Yeah, the, the bands, the bands. Wait, but yes, all, of, there was all this, of that is different. All those are for different things. I know, but so it's not you, like you have 10 yoga mats. You have one yoga mat. I know. Here's the thing, though. Like, I think we also have like regular weights and then we have like dumbbells and then we have Paul uses like this ring setup. He is incredible. It is so hard to do anything with these rings. Why do we end up always talking about our husbands and how great they are? We're great too. They need to start a podcast called Our Wives Are Great. I know. Have you noticed (laughs) that? We always are saying, my husband, my husband, my husband, this is so great. They do this. Why? Why are we always talking about them? We'll have an episode. Get out of my head. (laughs) We'll have an episode devoted to why they make us anxious. We need an episode where we aren't allowed to say the word husband. Yes. Ooh, I don't even like saying it now. It makes me feel old. Okay. 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 Anyway. So exercise equipment. I just feel like I have so many different pieces of equipment and I don't necessarily use all of them, but I will be at a TJ Maxx or at a Marshall's and I will see some sort of exercise equipment, you know, one of those ab rollers. And I'll be like, yes, I need that. I'm going to use it. And then maybe I'll use it that day. And then never again. (laughs) That's interesting. Okay. Okay. So I have two things to say about that. My suggestion, my very non-professional suggestion to you would be if you haven't used it in a year, get rid of it. That's my first thing. Number two, what do you think is provoking you to continue to buy exercise equipment? Because I'm a fat ass. (laughs) You're not fat. (laughs) I know. I'm not fat, but I'm, I think, and that's another thing. Are you self-conscious of your body image? Yeah, definitely. I mean, anxiety for you? Oh my God, Josie. Yes. This could be another episode too. Like yeah, I, and, and it will be, and it, it will be guys. But maybe the same thing with exercise clothes. I'm like, Oh, if I buy cute exercise clothes, I'm much more likely to wear them. And then I'm much more likely to exercise. You know, it's this whole, it's a, a manipulation that you create by seeing a product you are seeing an item, you think that that's going to change your life. Kind of what we talked about last week too. And so I think that maybe that's another thing with, with clutter, you know, something else I was reading about is people get overwhelmed deciding what to get rid of because they're like, well, what if I one day use this or, 
like my mom, she had, I remember my mom sent me like a box of drawings I used to, like I had done when I was like five. And she's like, I just don't, I can't, I, I don't want to keep them anymore, you know? And I think she felt really bad, but she was also just yeah. like, you know, you're 29. I'm not going to hang them up on the fridge anymore. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think that you just touched on a really good topic when it comes to the whole anxiety, stress, spring cleaning thing. And that is that people get overwhelmed with the thought of starting it. Where do you start? What do you do? I know that overwhelms me. I look at my house sometimes and I think just for example, oh, this closet, this closet, this bathroom, this cupboard, this all needs to be redone. It all needs to be cleaned out. It's all a mess. So then I get overwhelmed and I don't do any of it because I'm overwhelmed and I'm like, whatever. So I think that's an important thing too, is just where do you start? And uh, I think I had some good suggestions for that. Are you ready for them? Uh, Yeah, I'm so ready. So we actually had a seminar at my work about decluttering yourself and it was kind of about getting having less stuff and more breathing room, if you will. And it was saying that, you know, when you get started, instead of trying to tackle the whole thing at once, say, I'm going to tackle just this small space and then break it down even smaller. So for example, for me, I need to do this because I haven't cleaned anything this year, but I have a closet that needs to be done. So I'm, saying, okay, I'll start with this one closet this weekend. I'll get Mm. this decluttered and then break it down even smaller and say, I'm going to start by looking at everything in there and just simply getting rid of what I don't think I use. Oh, so you start there, you kind of, um, offload, right? You offload first. And then once you offload, then you tackle stage two, which is putting it back in in an organized manager that's functional, easy, easy access. Right. And then once you put it back in, then you decide, well, maybe this could go the other way around too. You offload first and then you clean. If the closet's empty, you clean the closet. Maybe you wipe it down and then you Mm. put it in and organize it, but it depends on what it is, I guess. Okay. You don't always need to wipe it down, but the third or second stage would be to clean it. Right. Mm -hmm. So I like that thought of you just break it down so small. Instead of saying, I'm going to spring clean my entire house today. Right. I'm going to do my closet and then I'm going to reward myself for doing that. Like that was a feat, you know? (laughs) It reminds me of when I'm running and I'll be like, I'm going to run to that stick, which is three feet away. I can do it. And then I get to that stick that was three feet away. And then I'm like, I'm going to run to that rock. It is two feet away. You <laughs> know what I do? I, I, I go darker. I go darker oh, wow. when I'm trying to run because I hate running. I'll look at, like you said, a, a shadow or a stick, something up ahead. Yeah. And I'll say, I will die if I don't just make it to that one thing. If I don't just make it. <laughs> <laughs> I go so dark. I'm, or even worse, I'll be like my dog. Cause usually I run with my dogs. I'll say my dog will die if I don't make it. So then I just push (laughs) myself to the stick and I, and then when I get there, I feel great. My dog didn't die. My dog wouldn't have died anyway, (laughs) but it makes me feel good. Also, I have to say just randomly as we're recording this, I have two cats behind my microphone staring at me. Oh, we already have an active audience. I I was going to say they're our first guests. (laughs) <laughs> I love which it. listeners hopefully at some point we'll be able to have guests every now and then maybe even professional um yeah. psychologists or therapists or something but I think you can oh. call into our show we are still figuring out the technology but I think you can I think we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out so you guys can call in. But also at some point we'll have guests. And um, also even right now, if you guys send us any suggestions to our email, type A for anxious at gmail.com, we will read those. And um, maybe even your topic will be an episode. Yeah. You could be famous on our podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Be famous. We have a whole, I don't know, handful of people. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, I also, I had one other topic related to clutter. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I just talked about physical clutter, right? And kind yeah. of maybe some steps you could take to start small little goals and whatever. So I also started reading this Forbes article from 2019 and it was about clutter, but in your mind, which I don't know about you, but my yeah. anxiety, oftentimes I could define it as a cluttered mind because mm. I just bounce all over the place. Right. Well, so, so we were also thinking of calling this episode clutter stuck. Clutter stuck. Yeah. So this is exactly what it is. So this article defined mind clutter as a state of mind in which you can't inhibit irrelevant information and it makes it hard to focus and make decisions. So I don't know about you, but when I'm feeling super anxious, I've reflected on that. And I think that's true. I can't really process what's relevant and what's not. And it makes me hard to focus on one thing. And it makes me hard to make a decision that I'm confident with. One time my psychiatrist that I used to work with actually told me, you want to think about your thoughts as a flowing river and the majority of them, you just need to let them flow right by your thoughts are not always accurate, which for me was a mind blowing revelation. Yeah. I don't know how many people have know that already, but for me, having somebody say your thoughts are not always reality was crazy because for me, I, I was thinking my thought is real. They're not always accurate. Right. So the the mind clutter, letting things just kind of flow by you sometimes and just organizing that really hit home to me. And there were some tips that this article said to clean your mind. So Mm -hmm. if you want to work on doing stuff like that, you should maybe make a physical list of your priorities. So it could be a small list, like your daily priorities, or maybe it's your yearly goals. Um, journaling. I know you do this journaling studies show that that improves memory and also relaxes you, you journal, right? So I love to journal. Cause I also try to do this thing. Just, I think it's called free association maybe, or just free form writing. And I basically will just, sometimes I will just write whatever and just let it come out. And I actually was talking to Paul last night because he was feeling a little anxious. And of course, I don't know if you feel this way too. He was but anxious? Yeah. <gasps> so sometimes I'm like, as a professional anxious person, let me give you some advice. <laughs> and uh, so I was just like, okay, you know, just taking a deep breath, all the thoughts that are in your head, like as you exhale, just imagine they're coming out when you're exhaling. So like I had mentioned, like I gained a little bit of weight and he had said something that I don't think like Paul is not a mean person and he was not trying to be mean, but he said a comment that just made, that hurt me, you know, it stung a little. And so I cried and it was this whole thing. And, you know, so we had this conversation after and he's like, I just have all these thoughts in my head about being healthy and exercise and gaining weight. And, and I think the other thing too, is he's affected by the coronavirus. So he likes to play music and he has not been able to really go out and connect or go to festivals you know, so I think that that's affecting him too. But so I was like, okay, like all of these thoughts, even if you have a thought that you are ashamed of, or that is hurtful, or that is even a bad thought, it's how you react to it. It's how what you do. It's your actions that people see. No one can hear your thoughts. And I remember being afraid before thinking, oh my God, I can't believe I'm thinking this. Everyone will judge me, but nobody knows. It's how you what you do with that thought that matters. And so sometimes I think instead of like, it's like a, it's like a bug bite where if you try to fight it, you're scratching that bug bite and it gets more inflamed and it gets itchier and then it might bleed. And so it's the same thing with your mind where if you have a thought and you're like, no, I can't think that. And your thoughts like, yes, you will think it. And you're like, no. And it's this whole internal war inside of your head that sometimes like, this is why I think meditation is so good because you just are basically letting it, letting your thoughts go. You're just like, I'm going to think about this and I'm not going to do anything. And it's not like you're necessarily surrendering, letting your thoughts, your anxious thoughts or your bad thoughts win. You're just letting them out of you, you know? That's exactly what I was talking about with the river thing. Sometimes you just have to let them flow and you have to know. I think my psychiatrist said this word for word. You have to know your thoughts are not real. 
Yeah. Sometimes. For example, you can think something awful and you say to yourself, how could I think that? That doesn't make you an awful person. Your thoughts are not reality. It's what you do with them. Well, and the other thing too is we, so Paul and I are watching this really good show. It's called Babylon Berlin. But there's, and it's on Netflix, it's this foreign show, but there's so much violence. And some of the scenes, I just, I'm like, okay, like, I need to pause this. Like, I just need a moment. And like, I love the storyline, but I do not like the violence. There's so many ways that our mind subconsciously absorbs the media or, you know, tragically, there's been two shootings in the last week. There's just so much. If you're an empathetic person, sometimes I think we have bad thoughts. And it doesn't mean we're a bad person. It just means that we're trying to make sense of it. Or we're like, okay, if I think this something bad, maybe I can prevent it from happening. Maybe I can control it if it does happen. And so it's basically, it's like your mind is trying to process it. And it starts off with, oh my God, what if this happened? Or what if I did this? Or, you know, it's all, it starts off as a bad thing, but that doesn't mean that it stays a bad thing. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I think so. I've had thoughts. I've gone oh, before when we could go to movies. I've gone to movies before and I, I have pepper spray, a little pink pepper spray. And I've looked around and I've been like, who could shoot me? And I, and it's just a thought that pops in. And yes, I'm being judgmental and that is not like, that's not that's healthy. an anxious person thought. Well, that's the thing. But I think <laughs> yeah, like that's an anxiety thought. I will have my thumb on my pepper spray ready just in case. Like I have it down by my side and I'm all tense and we're there to see a movie, to eat candy, to eat popcorn, to enjoy a movie. And I'm like, who's going to shoot me? And I will be so on alert. And I think it's just my brain's way of being like, okay, if this happens, like I have my pepper spray, I know where the exits are. I know it might happen. So I'm already prepared. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And well, and I've, I think that goes along with too, I've heard and read in certain studies. I'm sorry. I can't remember what they were right now, but I've read that sometimes people's anxiety is stemming from wanting to have control. And to me, it sounds like when you're doing that, you're trying to have control over the situation, even a situation that hasn't happened. You want to be ready so that if that situation, which most likely won't happen, hopefully does happen, you are in control. Definitely. Like you want to have control. I think that's really what clutter comes down to. I think it really comes down to this idea that either you, you don't have control. And so you, like we talked about earlier, and so you translate it into excessive cleaning because you think that if you have control over a clean house, then maybe you'll have control over the demons that are tormenting your mind, or you don't have control. And so you figure, why should I do anything? It doesn't matter anyways. And you let a mess build. Or you hold on to things because you think that gives you control. Yeah. You know, like you, you hold on to things you don't need because you're like, well, then if this situation happens or this situation happens or whatnot, I have this item, which will help me. So this is going to give me control in the long run. Definitely. Oh, this is heavy. I know. Right. (laughs) I'm sorry, guys. Like we got so heavy. I I did have one more tip for mind cleaning. Yeah. Let's hear it. It was avoid multitasking, which I actually thought this was interesting because I've always prided myself. In fact, I think on work interviews in the past, I've said I'm a professional multitasker, you know, like it's a good thing. (laughs) Yeah. But a Stanford study was showing that multitasking is actually less efficient and impairs your cognitive control. So I thought it was interesting because I was thinking to myself, uh, multitasking was a superpower of mine, sort of. And then this made me reflect, well, would I be more efficient if I didn't multitask and I just honed in on one thing? So what do you think about that? So I also have been like, I'm a professional multitasker. Yeah. This makes me think about your tabs. You should explain how you multitask with your tabs. So on a normal work day, I will have probably maybe five or six different browsers open. And then within each of those browsers, I might have anywhere from like nine to maybe like 17 tabs open. (laughs) That is, I still can't comprehend that. Okay. Because so when I work, (laughs) and I mean, this is what's wonderful about us. We're both so different. We both Mm -hmm. have anxiety, but so different. So when I work, having too many tabs open or too many browsers gives me anxiety. It doesn't give Mm -hmm. me control. So what I do 
is I only use one browser, Chrome, because that's my favorite. It's the best. Mm-hmm. I'm biased, but it's the best. So I use Chrome. And I will only have at most three or four tabs open at a time. And if I think I'm going to need a tab more than today, mm-hmm. I bookmark it. Okay. So that I can quickly go back to it, but then I close it. So if I'm not working on it, I close the tab. But so here's the thing though. So I just started this job. Um, well, uh, six months ago, I started it and I, they've been telling me that I've been doing really well. And I think I know, I think, you know, how sometimes people say that you're, you're practicing dating until you find the right person and you keep getting better. I think that relates to jobs too, because I think that I, you know, if I think of how I was at my first job or second job, you know, or like other, you know, elementary jobs that I had before what I now consider a career job or like a career, a move towards my career. There's so much that I took with me that I think has made me a better employee. Mm -hmm. And so I'd like my employee, my employees, my, wait, my coworkers. (laughs) (laughs) Like, are you the boss of the whole place? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, but my coworkers and my boss have constantly told me that I'm doing a good job. And I think the other thing too, is I, I feel like I now know how to prioritize what has an active deadline? What do I need to focus on right now? And what are other tedious things that I can kind of like, I can work on this for a little bit and then I can work on that for a little bit. And I don't, it's not like I bounce around on the tabs. <laughs> you like the tabs. I love, I just, I think, and I think, I, I think, I think, how's that for when <laughs> we're but I, I really truly believe that I, and I, I do this outside of my personal life too. I, I love, you know, I'm writing, I'm working on a novel. I will think about a sentence. I'll write a profound sentence. And then I'll be like, I wrote a profound sentence. Now I can watch a scene in a television show. Then I'll watch. So I watch a, te- a tel- I watch a scene in the television show. Oh, but I'm going to work on the podcast now. Maybe I'll, I'll make a graphic and then, oh, I need to research. So I'm going to go to another tab and research for the podcast. So I feel like I'm getting a little bit Mm -hmm. done, but the bad thing about that is that, so my novel, I've been working on it for like three years. And at this rate, you know, maybe I have five percent profound sentences a day. How am I ever going to finish it? Yeah, I think so. You bring up a couple of good points. I mean, a, you're doing really great at your job. So obviously multitasking to some degree works for you, right? Like I said, I think everybody's unique. That's why I asked you what you thought about that, that comment. So it's working for you. Like you are somebody who's productive bouncing around, but I wouldn't say, so if you're doing something for like 30 minutes and then you do something different for 15 and then you do something different for 15, I wouldn't Mm. say that's multitasking because you're doing something, you're doing one thing at a time. For me, multitasking is I'm doing two things at once. You know, maybe I'm, working on this flyer, but I'm also writing an article and like at the same time and they're not correlated, but it sounds like to me, you aren't necessarily doing two things at once. You're just bouncing quickly from task to task, right? Yeah. I guess that's a really good point. That's a really good distinction. Cause I think I, I also just like knowing Okay, so this is today's schedule. This is what's happening. And oh, we also have this happening. It's a continuous, continuous um, levels are rising and lowering. And you can see we're, we're on Zoom seeing each other. So I'm like, yeah, I can see her hands moving, but you guys can. <laughs> <laughs> She's making a roller coaster with her hands, sort of. <laughs> one's up, Basically. one's down. Yeah, but I, I see I, that. So uh, I think as you get into these ser- these serious careers, I mean, careers are hard, right? And if you mm-hmm. care about a job, you work hard and it's hard. I think that there's some kind of level of bouncing and multitasking that's necessary because things always come up. You know, sometimes right. at my job, I will say, I'm going to dedicate an hour to writing this article. But then maybe my boss messages me and then says, I need you to shift your focus onto this to help me with something. Then I shift my, shift my focus and then I have to go back. So I think there's a level that you have to be open to multitasking. Right. Um, but then I think for me, at least, it's also helpful to try to hone in on one thing at a time or in blocks of time, you know? Yeah, that's a really good point. I guess I, maybe I just think I'm 
a multitasker, but really, I don't know what the word would be. See, I guess for me though, if I had, I think this is where the lines are crossed with what mm-hmm. you're saying is when I'm focusing on even just this certain task for 15 minutes, mm-hmm. anything that's not related to that task, I like to clear out. So I don't want tabs open that aren't related to, if I'm writing an article, I don't want any other tabs open that aren't related to it because it's distracting me and making me think of something that I'm doing after this, you know? Right. Which I think is where your multitasking comes in sort of, right? Because you're doing one thing, but then you have 17 tabs maybe in the back <laughs> of your head open, right? I uh, I think one time I was like, I am the tab queen. <laughs> Forget what no, I- you really are. When we first got together working on the podcast and you were like, here, take my computer and do something with it. I looked at it and I said, oh, what the fuck is that? <laughs> I, I looked at it and I saw 20 tabs and I, I was like, how do you know where you're going? Well, and I think, so the other thing too is sometimes inspiration will strike and I'm like, Josie, we should do, and I think your job is more demanding than mine. We've talked about this. I'll be like, I have to text Josie before I forget. And I'll send you a quick message and I'll be like, what if we did this? And then of course you don't see it until the end of the day. And I've sent you seven different messages, none of which are related. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And I will admit you've sent me a couple things on messenger. I haven't had a chance to read because (laughs) This is what happens is it's true. So I work from seven to five during the day. And when I'm working, um, I'm very honed into my job. Mm -hmm. So if I get it, even if I'm working from home, if I get a text message about something else, even if I open it really quick, if I see that it's something that's an article to read, I don't read it because I'm Mm -hmm. honed into my job, right? I'm on work time. So I put it aside. And then when I'm out of work, I'm so fried from the day that I don't look at it that night either. Gosh, and then right. I wake up the next, I know. And then I wake up the next morning and you sent me three more things. So I read those and I never go back. <laughs> you it's sent me okay. a couple articles, still haven't read them. Still haven't read them. So I work through my lunch because I like to, sometimes, like I said, I bounce from tab to tab and then browser to browser. And I have my own personal browser, which I'll, like I said, I wrote, I write a sentence and then I'll read a little, I'll read a paragraph in an article. And then once I get through my own personal browser, I'm right back to the professional browsers. And so that's just like, I don't know. It like breaks up my day. I don't so know. This th- is like media clutter. Yeah. Bring cleaning needs to turn to media. We need to get rid of some media Yeah, because I don't know about everyone else, but I get, I get overwhelmed. Maybe some yeah. part of bring cleaning is unsubscribing to emails you don't want to read anymore or I don't know maybe for you it's cleaning out your tabs maybe that's what we focus on I challenge you hold on (laughs) I remember okay listeners we talked about challenging each other to like physically clean something in our house after this I'm taking that back Dorothy I challenge you to go one week without all of your tabs clean out your tabs (laughs) bookmark your tabs and see what happens. Oh God. My hands are getting sweaty. (laughs) (laughs) No help. What if you bookmark your tabs and you feel better? Maybe it's going to give you clarity. Challenge me to something. What do you think? Watch me get like fired next week. No. No. Oh my God. I would feel so bad. No. Wait, challenge me to something. What do you think I need? I challenge you to use the same mug Unless it's like really gross and dirty. I challenge you to use the same. You can only use up to three mugs in one week. Oh, okay. Ah. Three mugs in a week. And you, okay, let's use the rule of three. You can only use three tabs at a time. Three? What are we going to do? What? Three tabs. Oh my God. (laughs) She can't even say anything. You should see her face, listeners. She's just so upset. This is like the podcast version of I triple dog dare you. Yeah, I know. (laughs) And we'll tell you guys how it goes. I will say I'm also going to try to clean my closet and I might take photos for you of what's in there. If I find. Oh, yeah. Like a before and after. Yeah. A before and after. We need to end this. (laughs) I know. Well, maybe we'll have another episode about media clutter because I think or just staying in the know because I think that is a great topic. Yeah. And especially if people are interested in that, please definitely feel free to Instagram us or 
whatever, if you know us, text us. us and let us know if you're interested in that. I know I've gotten a couple requests for topics from friends and, um, oh. and if you, if you've given me a request, we're definitely going to take it into consideration and we're going to do it at some point. We're just trying to work through what's timely. And I also wanted to say that um, Dorothy got us these beautiful sweatshirts that say, hello, I'm probably anxious. And it looks like a name tag on them. So we're both wearing them. So they're wonderful. They are wonderful. I think they're by the company. I will put a link in it, but I think it's called self care is for everybody. So oh, uh, yeah, I we'll put a link in coming the- for us too. <laughs> you'll see. You'll see what they are. If there was ever a second coming on Monday, it's right now. Right? <laughs> oh my God, Josie, this is hard. <laughs> and now it's time to share what's helping us get through the week. What's offering us comfort, distraction, laughter, and all of the above? It's time for... It's time for... Recommendations and Observations. Recommendations. Observations. Recommendation time. Dorothy, what's getting you through the week? So I feel like this is such a late recommendation. I am late on the train, but uh, I've started listening to Lady Gaga. um, Oh my God. (laughs) The first time in your life? No, no. Of course I've listened to Lady Gaga before, you know, like at the clubs. Okay. What? Wait, okay. wait, Dorothy, this is, sh- this has been since we were in high school. I know. Okay. 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 Well, sorry. I'm sorry. Tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> so I've been listening uh, primarily to her uh, album called Joanne and which is also an older album. While you're talking, I'm going to look up how old Joanne is. <laughs> um, but I just, so like I said, I've been running more and I listened to, I was like, you know what, I'm, I really, I do like Lady Gaga. I just don't always make the effort to, to listen to Lady Gaga and to like exclusively listen to her music. And so I did the other 2016, day when I was 16, 2016. Okay. You're right. Okay. Is Five years. Wanted, is that what you wanted to hear? You're right. <laughs> yes. I want to hear that. Okay. Sorry. Keep going. Joanne. So I listened to that album, Joanne. And I, it pumped me up. I, I would not have been able to run as well if I had not been listening to that CD, to that album. I just felt it just, it pumped me up. It just, it gave me all the feels. So yeah. So the album Joanne by Lady Gaga, it just, I'm a little late, but you know what, whatever. Maybe recommendations don't have to be new. All right. Enough about me (laughs) and how, how late my recommendation is. What's your recommendation for the week? What's getting you through the week? Okay. So my work does these once every few months, we do like a team building event. Okay. And, um, we did a couple weeks ago, an event and we virtual obviously, and we did something called Zen tangles. Have you ever heard of Zen tangles? It sounds vaguely familiar, but I could not give you a description. Okay. So they basically are, you create works of art on a little tile, like piece of paper tile, like a little square and they're black and white. And they usually correlate dots, lines. There's like a system to making them, but they end up being a piece of abstract art. However, there's like a process. It's kind of mixing creativity with a process. So it's for stress relief. It's for well-being, like feeling good. And my work introduced me to it at the event. And lately I've been really interested in it and doing more because I'm one of those people that I really love art, but I've mm. just never been very good at it. So it scares me. You know, I have a sketchbook, but every time I try to sketch something, it doesn't, it almost makes me more anxious because I'm just so bad. Mm. But with these Zen tangles, you can look up a design and it gives you like an eight step process to make this black and white piece of abstract art, but also it's creative enough that you can make it look like your own without being stressed out. So if anyone's never heard of it, you can look it up called Zen Tagle and we'll put a link in the show notes too, but it's just really cool. Like I'll, I'll show you because you're online, but here's like one I made. 
Oh, Josie, that's super cool. Yeah. So with this one, I picked a word of the year and I picked boom just because I felt like everything was a boom this past year. Mm. And it gives you a system of lines and dots, but then you can also choose your own abstract pieces. It's kind of hard to explain, but it's basically if you're somebody who doesn't think you can make an abstract piece of art, this is for Mm. you because it's very stress relieving. It gives you enough structure that you're not stressed, but then enough creativity that you feel like you get something out of it. I love that. So that's really cool. Wait, so your word of the year, it was boom, like boom boom goes the dynamite. Yeah. Because that's how I felt like my year was a boom. Because, okay. because the year hit me just like a boom. And I'm talking about 2021. It hit me like a boom. Yeah. That's so powerful. Because I kept thinking 2021 was just going to slide in, but it really didn't for me. It just was boom. It's 2021. And mm-hmm. things that I wished had been here weren't and things that I wanted just I wasn't ready for. And it just really slapped me in the face. So it, yeah. it just in quickly and it slapped me in the face. So I use boom, but you don't always have a, a word in your Zentangle. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's just a piece of art. So. That's super cool. I'm going to check it out. All right. Well, so this is the end of our episode. <laughs> we just want to oh thank God. you all. If you got it to the end of this, thank you so much. That means that you are not annoyed by the sound of our voices as much as we might be. <laughs> we love you. Anybody who has listened to this, even if you could only make it through half, I know we talked a while. Thank you so much. We love you. And please reach out, you know, like suggestions, comments, concerns, yeah, anything, any kind of feedback. Cause we are still learning this. And so we are open to just getting better and better. And, and as always, you know, remember we're, this isn't supposed to be like a go-to self-help. We're not professionals. Um, if you feel really anxious or dealing with any struggles and you feel like you need help, definitely reach out to somebody, but hopefully hearing us just like have our own friendly conversation has kind of invited you into a cozy, warm space. Yeah. Hopefully we'll be your weekly recommendation. Yeah. Recommend Ah. us. (laughs) I was going to say, we don't know what we're going to talk about next, but stay tuned. Yeah. We've got Instagram, but uh, we, uh, yeah, check us out. Bye. Bye. Well, it hits with full force. I've got to stop its course because I feel my mind's up to spin. Do you have anxiety or something you're currently struggling with? Send us an email if you'd like to share, anonymously or not. You can always reach out to us at typeaforanxious at gmail.com or give us a follow on Instagram. We might just have some advice or a similar experience to share. Remember, sharing is caring, and we're here to listen and validate. This has been a Living Room production, supported by our patient husbands and our furry friends, supplemented by wine and snacks. The views represented in this show do not reflect the companies that we work for. These are our own opinions. But thank you for listening, and until next time, love your type A girls, Dorothy and Josie. Hold on, everybody. She has a planned joke. I have a poor, poor Paul. I was like, is this funny? And he was like, well, you're saying it kind of intense, so I don't know if it's funny. Oh, my God. I can't wait to hear this. We may so. have to cut this out. <laughs>